Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Mike Monerani. And I'm Antonio Maya. And today we are honored to introduce a new member to the M365 Voice. Sarah Hasi is with us today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yay. Hello, everyone. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. My name is Sarah Hasi. I'm a uh, corporate librarian and an enterprise collaboration evangelist. Um, tend to work for very large organizations, helping them understand how uh, Microsoft 365 can help them be more productive and engage and collaborate effectively. Super excited to be here. We are very happy to have you. Yes. All right, so I think we have a little bit of a different format we're gonna start following, right, Mike? Correct, we have a new format, an idea from Sarah as well. And yeah. it's a different one and we really like it. Yeah. So let's see that we can start using it and we get some feedback from the audience if they like this uh, format or not. So Sarah, why don't you start? Perfect. So what we're going to do is basically take a little coffee cup format here um, with my little Microsoft Ignite podcast center mug. Um, so we have filled it with a bunch of different um, ideas, questions, uh, problems or challenges related to Microsoft 365. So we're going to be basically pulling one out uh, of the cup and we're going to take uh, some time to be able to just talk about it and dialogue about it. The great thing is, is that we're actually going to be making available, I think out on the socials on Twitter and things, we're going to basically have a way for people to be able to submit M365 questions to us that we'll put in the cup. And then during future podcast episodes, we'll basically take questions from whoever submits them. And the greatest thing is we have no idea what's coming next. So it is literally recorded suspense. on the fly. The suspense is killing us already. So uh, question, Mike and Antonio, are you ready? I think I we're ready. We're yep. ready. All right. So Come we're going to go ahead and pick the first thing out. All right. So here we go. Topic. Are metadata, taxonomy, and content types still relevant in SharePoint Online? Okay, it's a big topic. Uh, a lot of people ask the same question, do I need it or not? I like that. Right. <clears throat> yeah, we've had um, metadata and content types and taxonomy around for a long time. I think many of those topics were introduced first in SharePoint 2010, so about 10 years ago. So we've had those features, some of them longer, but many only for a decade only. We've had them for a decade, which is a long time. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of push when those were first introduced to start using them, to develop an information architecture, to try to standardize that across SharePoint environments, to try to push that out and convince everybody to use them. I think one of the early arguments for using them was to help you find your content more easily, so to enhance search. Um, but we have seen some of the, you know, after we've had those now for 10 years, some organizations I've seen are really good at using them and others started to use them and they might've kind of fallen by the wayside and people kind of started not to use them anymore. And then others just, you know, jumped into SharePoint Online, um, enabled the whole organization to use it and haven't worried too much about it. So yeah, I think I, think I submitted this question to us. So I'm wondering, maybe I'll start and ask you, you both for your thoughts. Are they still relevant in your organizations or your customers? Like, are you guys using information architecture heavily? 
I think information architecture has changed. And here's what's interesting. I actually remember content types and blogging about content types with Moss 2007. So all the way back to SharePoint 2007. So we've literally been at that specifically for 13 years. And what I think is interesting is that I as recently as I think a year ago presented a content types 101 session at a conference and had 120 people in the room wanting to learn about content types. Wow. This is still a feature that users are interested in learning about, and it's still a feature that they don't fully get. But I think information architecture, if we want to look at the whole thing, has really morphed in the last few years because suddenly information architecture is about where do I put my content? How do I connect things together? So how do I take content and make it available in Teams and in Yammer and in SharePoint Online? And where should my content live and breathe? How do I find it when I need it? And how do I surface it appropriately? Yeah, and I do agree with that with that statement as well. And early what you said, Antonia, about content types, and we used to push the content types and metadata so we can find content easily. These days with the launch of Microsoft Search, and the intelligence behind it, we really don't need to rely much on metadata and content types to kind of find that information. Uh, there's a lot of features that have been enabled in Microsoft Search that will allow us to find that information regardless if there is metadata associated with a piece of information or not. So the information architecture definitely changed quite a bit. There's, I can still see uh, clients that are interested in content types and still don't know what content type is and they want to use it to just properly classify their content. Um, we can go into a lot more details in that. Yeah, and I think I think the word classify is important because I've seen them used recently or I've seen clients wanting to use them recently when they're thinking about how am I going to get people to assign retention labels to content? How do I know which retention labels to assign? Um, and they do look to content types and metadata to assist that because they are looking to use the automatically applied rules or policies for retention labels to actually, you know, not impact the user heavily when it comes to figuring out which content to retain for how long, um, but rely on some aspects of a user identifying what is this thing that I'm about to apply a label to. Um, so I've seen it in that case. And, and it's interesting, Sarah, you mentioned that um, you had 120 people in a room for a session a year ago on content types. Um, mm -hmm. That's amazing. In part, I think, because a lot of us tried to use the content type hub to push content types out, right? The idea of managing those centrally in one place, we always thought made a lot of sense because you can amass large numbers of content types across big environments. Um, and trying to go to a million different places to manage them just makes that process harder. Um, but we've been told the last couple of years yeah, the content type hub in SharePoint Online may have some issues. You may need a degree in content types to okay. use it. And we've kind of been told to avoid it. It's yeah. murky. It's yeah, it is murky, yeah. You can't go, oh, restart these timer jobs the way you did on-prem right. um, to syndicate things when things break. So mm -hmm. people have moved away from the content type hub. They haven't necessarily moved away from content types, but some people have. So that's partly where this question came from. I think that that's an interesting, um, I think it's an interesting point, Antonio, because I'll say back in the 2007 to really, uh, I'll even say 2016 or 20, 2017, um, I think I saw people using content types in one of two different ways. Um, first was, I'm a 
builder of SharePoint solutions, and I use content types to make mm -hmm. it easy for me to be able to build and replicate solutions across different teams. Yeah. So I'm using it more as an individual or as a builder of things, as a as an um, an information worker, as a builder of things. And then you saw companies using the content type hub to try and set up taxonomy and metadata that was standard across the organization. Yeah. Um, now I think I hear much less, almost nothing about the content type hub specifically, especially in SharePoint Online. Um, I still hear a little bit about those individual solution developers, but the whole security and compliance capability and the application of those uh, retention labels and policies, I think is the big thing. When you hear about metadata, manage metadata, when you look at where companies are going, I think that that's really where the focus is. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. And, and the fact that Microsoft is investing still in content type hubs and taxonomy, and they're going to modernize the content type hub and taxonomy that is coming up later on. Uh, it's an indication that from the statistics perspective is still in use, heavily in use for them to go and upgrade, if you want to call it an upgrade or modernize the, the content type hub and taxonomy to make work to make it work a lot better with the flat architecture that we have in place. With the flat architecture using the content types, it has been a headache. So you're going to have to either recreate it manually or you have to script it. And yep. without building a new information architecture, you definitely have to script it and have that standardizations Otherwise, it's a headache to manage it all manually across multiple site collections. So to the point of the application from an application development or backend application to use content types and, and metadata with management data store, it is very, very crucial for retention labels, like you mentioned. Agreed. And you touched on an important point. We've seen some renewed interest in these topics because Microsoft is modernizing the interface for the managed metadata service for configuring taxonomy and for content types. And we're getting a new content type gallery, which I think is replacing the content type hub. Right. Per se. Um, and we've started to actually see that get lit up in some preview tenants. So some early preview tenants, I've seen it in one um, so far. Um, so some of that is starting to roll out. Um, the new interface is definitely much nicer for managing um, taxonomy and term store. Um, the content types I have yet to play with, but I'm more interested there in if they have improved the ability to push content types and, and to have that sync process or, or syndication process rather uh, be more reliable. Because that's where things were like before. Um, so that part is interesting. Um, and here's an interesting question. How many companies do you think are ready to move forward with an updated strategy around content types versus having to clean up what they have had over time. Because I think a lot of companies have a lot of really old yeah. uh, metadata structures, content types. I think that that's actually gonna be really interesting to see even from a project or a consulting perspective, the level of effort required to rejuvenate some of those things or to scrub the decks and start over. Yeah, yeah. and I've seen everyone got really excited uh, since 2007 uh, to use content types. When they got to know what content type is and metadata, I've seen uh, organizations uh, create hundreds of content types and hundreds of metadata, and they end up not using them all. And it's been a, a bigger headache to go and which content type I should use. So it became uh, a very overwhelming experience for them. Yeah. Uh, so from that perspective, you point, Sarah, that they were going to see a lot of cleanup happening if we're going to embrace on the new 
uh, quantum type catalog and the new taxonomy store. Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. I think there'll be a lot of work around cleaning up uh, old environments with content types. Um, I do think there is renewed interest, though, especially in the security and compliance space to try to automate policies, because it does still depend very much on what kind of content you're working with. Right. And the content type still seems to be a good way to represent that, right? Is this document an invoice? Is it a financial statement? Is it um, a resume? Um, you know, those types of indicators, whether it's through metadata or content types with multiple metadata columns, still becomes important in how you apply those policies. Um, what about taxonomy? What have you guys seen in terms of implementing taxonomies? Because I usually initially see it implemented for navigation, right? So doing structured mm -hmm. navigation where your actual menus and items are in the term store. Um, I have also seen it used uh, less so, but I've seen it used for um, standardized terms appearing in metadata columns and selecting those. Correct. What have you guys seen there? Uh, a lot of the conversations I'm having about taxonomy is really at a level up um, where we're really talking about um, SharePoint hub sites, home sites, the navigation, the taxonomy, the level of organization between those things. Um, and that a lot of companies, I think, are still at the very beginning stages of trying to figure out what that means for them from an organization perspective and how they're going to pull that together. Yeah, I have I've, I've used it both. Uh, and I push it to if, if we're going to deploy a metadata at the site level with the flight architecture, it is best to go with the taxonomy because you don't want to replicate all the values all the time for metadata. So having that taxonomy set up and have that standardized values and terms and terms store and then term sets within a taxonomy will make life easier to deploy that flight architecture and have multiple sites that will use the same metadata over and over again. Yeah, um, I am looking forward to the new modern interface for taxonomy. Um, one feature or a couple of features I've heard Microsoft talk about related to that publicly are um, better ability to import taxonomies and the ability to export taxonomies as well. Mm -hmm. there. Because what we find with some large organizations is the taxonomy is used not only in Microsoft 365, but also in other systems. And having it in one central place and being able to um, either export or import it and, and you know, whether it's managed in Microsoft 365 or elsewhere, being able to sync those between the different systems becomes important. Um, also in the past, and this is getting a little bit technical, I have found it challenging when you're trying to move solutions from a dev tenant to a QA tenant, and this is going back to server days, but I've seen it done with tenants as well. Moving a solution that's using taxonomy um, from a dev tenant to a QA tenant to a production tenant, um, because as you move those things, the GUIDs change exactly. and your solutions break. So mm -hmm. we necessarily had to use PowerShell to you know, extract that data, extract the GUIDs, reset them in the new environment as you move those along. And I'm hoping that becomes easier with just an import-export. Yes, same same thing. I hope that in, during the export, um, they, you can get the GUID out and during the import, you have the option to actually, or not the option, maybe just import the same GUID. Yeah. We'll see how that works. Yeah, that'll save us a lot of headache if they give us that. We did pretty well on that first question. One question. We have. Really good discussion. We have. So, so I guess it was a question. Um, 
is taxonomy and metadata information architecture, is it still relevant as we move into new environments in SharePoint Online? I think it is. I would say yes. I am, I'm, and same thing, I'm still building it and for, for new clients embracing Office 365. Yeah, agreed. Both for the couple of cases that you mentioned, Sarah, where it's, you know, you're building solutions for content types and you want to kind of define the type of content you're going to deal with in that solution through a content type. I've seen it used there, um, as well as um, building up methods to organize your content. I think both of those are still very relevant use cases. Agreed. Great. Great awesome. job. That's, uh, that's a wrap for this topic. And we will be uh, getting new questions, I guess, and new topics very, very soon. Catch you later, everybody. All right. Thank Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thanks for having me.